Hi, and welcome to episode 103 of the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. I'm David Averbach, CEO and publisher. And I'm Sarah Kingsbury, Senior Web Editor. Each week, we bring to you the best apps, top tips, and great gear in the iOS world. And this episode, we're going to talk about iOS 13. It seems early to talk about that, but we're going to talk about what we want Apple to include in, in their next software update, which you can expect in June. Well, Apple announces it in June, and then you get it on your phones in September. So we got a lot of uh, reader feedback last week on what they're hoping to get with iOS 13. We'll talk about some of our you know, most wanted features, and hopefully then we'll hear from you guys too. You can email us at podcast at iphonelife.com to let us know what features you're hoping to get with iOS 13. And we also have a sponsor for this episode, Rockform, that David's going to tell you about. Yeah, so Rockform makes iPhone cases, they're rugged, they're durable, they're affordable. And one of the things they do that's particularly unique is they build in a mounting solution to the cases. So you can then take that, and they're especially great for outdoor activity if you want to mount it on a bike, things like that. But you can mount it at home as well. And so really great cases, especially if you want mounting solutions built into your cases. But even otherwise, they are just great cases that have solid drop protection, but they're still light, they're affordable, so make sure you check them out, rockform.com, rockform is spelled R-O-K form, uh, and we will link to it too from our show notes at iphonelife.com slash podcast. Great. I have a photography tip for you guys. Uh, each episode, as you know, we share our favorite tip of the week. This week, I have a photography tip. If you want to get the written version of our tips, you can sign up for our free newsletter, iphonelife.com slash daily tips. That way, you'll learn something cool you can do with your phone in just one minute a day. So it's a low investment way to make sure that you're putting your phone to work for you. So this is a tip. Uh, it may seem simple to some of you guys. Uh, how to avoid or how to fix upside down camera photos. <laughs> so if you're scrolling through all the photos you've taken in your photos app, you may notice that some of them are not in the correct orientation that you want. So the easiest way to avoid this is to not take photos in the wrong orientation. <laughs> so the tip here, if you're taking a portrait photo, which is just, you know, holding your phone upright, make sure your phone is not upside down. The If you're doing a landscape photo, this is one that's a little trickier See, I'm holding it wrong. You want to have your camera lens in the upper left corner uh, of uh, pointing wherever you're shooting. Um, and yeah. that will make sure that your photo then will be upright. Now, if you take a photo that is upside down or sideways, that's not a big deal. How you can correct that in the Photos app, you tap Edit, and then you go into your cropping options. And there you'll have a rotate image icon, it'll be a little square with an arrow pointing over it. So you just tap that until it's upright and then save your changes. So it's easy to solve, but uh, it does take a little more time to have to go in and do that retroactively. So just make sure that you're taking your right. photos upright. And the reason that this matters, um, because Apple actually, your phone is pretty good. It doesn't always work, but it's pretty good at detecting which way is up and flipping the photo for you. Mm-hmm. But what happens is when you those photos then interact with Windows um, in some way, like you transfer them to a Windows computer or email them uh, to someone or using uh, like Outlook or whatever, um, is sometimes that uh, text, that uh, code that tells 
tells uh, the computer which way is up, gets stripped away, and then all of a sudden you've imported a bunch of upside-down photos. <laughs> and then you have to go and rotate them in your computer. It's a big pain. And so it's, um, yeah, just always make sure that your camera lens is at the top of your phone, no matter which orientation you're taking your picture in. I have to say I that's a good way to remember. It. Didn't know this. I always do it wrong, and Me too. I, I'm like I actually find it a little bit annoying that that's what you're supposed to do because the reason why I do it wrong is intentional. It's that the volume, the plus right, volume exactly. button, takes the photo, and to me, it's really counterintuitive to have the fo- the button that takes the photo be on the bottom of the phone. In other yeah. words, like when you use a standard camera it's always in the top right and so that's how i take my photos this can be part of our ios 13 wish list i'm really annoyed about this this. but also (laughs) like it's never been a problem for me because i'm in such a mac universe that i've never tried to load my photos onto a windows computer Um, yeah it was not really on my radar until i got some emails some mm. ask an editor emails about this very problem and once i started researching it then i realized does it mess it up for android do you happen to know like because if if i like text a photo to an android phone that i took in landscape incorrectly will it get messed up Mm, no i really don't know and there's actually um a setting that i want to explore a little more on for when you're transferring photos like about what format they're in Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if that makes a difference and i it didn't really occur to me to start researching that until during this podcast so (laughs) i don't have an answer for you guys okay but that may actually have a all right so that is our tip for the day how to make sure that your photos are not upside down go to iphonelife.com slash daily tips to sign up for our free newsletter and get tips like that every day in your inbox (laughs) Oh, next up, we want to talk about iPhone Life Insider. And we just want to take a minute to tell you a little bit about us because we are a small independent publisher, iPhone Life magazine, and our iPhone Life brand is the only thing we publish. And the main way we make money is through iPhone Life Insider. So if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy our daily tips, if you enjoy our content on our website, and you want to look for a way to support us, the absolute best way you can support us is to subscribe to iPhone Life Insider. And we wanted to make that even a little bit easier for you. So we now offer a $5 discount for our podcast listeners. So we have a new URL for you. If you go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount, you will be taken to a checkout page where you have a $5 discount already baked in. So thank you guys so much for your support. We appreciate you listening to the podcast and we really appreciate our insiders who take who have already subscribed and we really appreciate those of you who now hear me and go subscribe. <laughs> exactly, and I wanna tell you a little bit about what you get when you become an insider. Uh, you get a lot of great features that aren't included in any of our free products. It's the full educational service for getting the most out of your devices. So you get in-depth video guides that also has a downloadable PDF so you can have your device out and follow along as we walk you through how to use your iPad, how to use your new iPhone, how to use Apple's latest operating system, things like that, how to set up family sharing and how to make the most out of Siri. These are all examples of guides we have. Um, you get a digital subscription to the magazine as well as our full ar- archive of over 30 back issues. Uh, you also get a video version of our daily tips so you can just watch in one minute something cool you can do with your iPhone and get the video walkthrough of that. And we have Ask an Editor, a feature where if you're having tech problems, 
our experts will give you personal attention to help you find solutions to your issues. Uh, we also have an extended version of our podcast just for insiders. So you get extra exclusive content and you also don't get any ads in your podcast. So go to iphonelife.com slash podcast resource, podcast discount. Podcast discount. <laughs> <laughs> to sign up. So next up, I wanted to ask Sarah to share how she's recently helped one of our insider subscribers with a tech issue they're having. Um, so an insider recently emailed me and said, when I delete a message from one of my devices, namely my iPhone or my Mac or my iPad, how can I get to delete on my other devices? Mm. Um, which, you know, I haven't figured it out perfectly myself. Um, but what I have found, well, first of all, now, um, I think it's since the maybe the last update of iOS 11, um, iMessages became iCloud enabled, which means theoretically, in fact, when you delete messages on one device, they should delete on the other. So yeah. your, your device has to be using iOS, I think it was 11.3 at least, but, you know, if you can, update to iOS 12. Do it. iOS 11 um, is terrible. <clears throat> iOS 12 is better. Yes, very true. And if you can <laughs> update to iOS 11, you should be able to update to iOS 12. Yeah. Um, and then, so you have to make sure that iCloud is actually enabled. You can't just be signed into your Apple ID account. You have to enable messages for iCloud. So um, in your iCloud settings on your iPhone or iPad, which would be you tap on your Apple ID name at the top of the settings menu in the settings app, and then tap on iCloud. Just make sure that messages is toggled on. Um, and then you on a Mac, you can go into, like when you have the messages app open, you click on messages in the upper left and then go to preferences or accounts, I can't remember, and just make sure that that account is enabled for iCloud. Um, and then it should be deleted. Now, one thing I've noticed is when I, I'm subscribed to certain things like my pharmacy sends me an auto text when it's time to renew a prescription and then when it's ready. And I don't necessarily read those. I just delete them. And I have noticed if I don't open them so that they're marked as read, they don't always delete from my other devices, which is really annoying. Um, another thing that can keep your messages from deleting is if you don't have the latest Mac OS, um, because Apple kind of added some security things and now your Mac won't necessarily communicate with your iPhone if your Mac isn't using the latest Mac OS. Um, that can also be interfering, so make sure your Mac is also up to date. All right, Sarah, uh, thank you for helping our insiders and for <laughs> teaching us all how to use our devices. Um, so in the interest of time, I want to move into our iOS 13 section now. And if we have time, we'll get into complaints and learning as well. Um, but so our theme, as we said before, is features that we want to see with iOS 13. Email us, podcast at iphonelife.com, to answer our question of the week, which is, what features are you hoping to see with iOS 13? So um, some features we've been seeing, requests have been going on for years now. And I wanted to mention a couple of them that we still have not gotten. And that's multi-user support for the iPad. Um, I mean, really, it would be nice to have for all devices. But the iPad especially is something that is a device that seems very conducive to having multiple, being a shared device in a family mm -hmm. or even at a school or something like that, um, where you would want to have different user profiles that would you would be able to have your own Apple ID and iCloud content 
synced just with that user and not have everybody else in your family have access to that. Uh, so that's something I don't know why Apple hasn't done it. And we had a few people wanting that. Yeah. At least for the, the iPad, I know I for it. sure. I yeah. mean, I, I wrote, I actually wrote that down too. And I think for me, so my uh, partner's six-year-old ha- is learning to read. <laughs> and he's also learned to use my phone better, which means he can go to photos. And there's all sorts of like privacy concerns when you're sharing a device with a family. And, you know, we just went on a long road trip where he wanted to use our devices to play games. Right. And he's reaching an age where you kind of no longer want to give him your devices because of privacy concerns. Yeah. And that's a very, you know, like you guys said, certainly iPads in particular are kind of often family shared devices. HomePod is another one that should be a little have uh, family different recognition technologies. I'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, it's like Apple. Why have you not done this yet? I know. Yeah, I've found. Um, I just disabled iMessages on my iPad when my daughter was using it recently while we were traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, but that's a pain. Yeah, to have to do. And I don't keep photos that I would be embarrassed for anyone to see in my photos app, but, you know, things can slip by you Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of different features to have to disable every single time you let a child use your device. And now that everything's so connected with iCloud, um, it's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Definitely that's, that's like my list. I was going to say, that's like a number one, because that's been one we've been talking about for years. And yeah. I feel like it's like a lot of Android devices have this feature. Why does Apple not do yeah. this? Obviously, Apple knows how to do it because their desktop devices have it. Multi-user support. Mm-hmm. So, well, I, I alluded to it, so I might as well get into it. Uh, this is for, I guess it's not iOS 13, but HomePod's new operating system. Apple, like, seem to have just completely skipped it with iOS 12. They came out with the HomePod when they came out with iOS 11. They did no updates. I don't think they've, like, really updated it since I mean, it came out, have I they? guess there was an update, but it was not noticeable. Yeah. So I'd really like for them to do updates, in particular this same point where Siri on your phone has voice recognition that you train, right? So that when, hypothetically, and it doesn't always work very well, but when you say, hey, Siri... It shouldn't actually work for anybody but my phone. Hey, it worked for me and didn't work for these guys. So mm-hmm. works okay. Um, Alexa and Google, Google, what's Google's called now? Google Home? Home, yeah. yeah. They both have support for, um, I am pretty sure they do. I know Google does, and I think Alexa's added now for voice recognition. That's a really important one because otherwise you either have to turn off all of your text messaging and things like that, or you can have anyone in the house come and listen or send a text message whenever you want. Um, I, I mean, I have thoughts. Oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, I can see, like, one thing about the HomePod is you can, per HomePod, decide, like, which HomePods can let you access, if you have more than one, your text messages, etc. So you might have a HomePod in your bedroom where that's allowed, and then maybe your HomePod in the kitchen or the living room would not have that option. That would be great for those of us who have a home filled with HomePods, but they're so expensive. I know, but the thing is, like, I like that multiple people can use the HomePod to turn the lights off and do other smart home things with my HomePod, and 
So if it only recognized my voice, that would be really annoying. Yeah, but what I would like, similar to kind of an iPhone, I would like for it to be able to recognize your, devo- your voice and only provide certain functionality. So okay. it could you anyone could turn on and off the lights, but only I can listen to my text messages. Yeah, I mean that seems like such a privacy concern. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean I, even if they had I that, the, it would rely a lot on it being really accurate, which as you said, it's okay and not amazing. Yeah. So with the iPhone, but yeah, um, one feature. So a feature that a lot of people wrote in about, and Sarah mentioned in the last episode that she wants is how is the ability to mark a text message as unread, even if you've looked at it. Um, right now, you could do that with emails. You can swipe left, I believe, and have the option to mark it as unread, even when you've looked at it. And that's like really the reason you want to do this is sometimes you peek at something on your phone, but it's not a time to address it. So you want to have a system for being like, no, this is still something that needs my attention instead of having it get lost in a sea of text messages or emails. So Apple really should add that option uh, with the, with the iPhone. I don't know why they haven't. I'm kind of, I can't remember. Did we mention to our listeners like where we came up with this list? Because no, let's no, no. talk yeah. about it. Yeah. So every week I send out uh, just a little message to our tip readers um, when the newsletter goes out on Mondays, and I really love it because it's a way I ask a question. The readers um, write back and you know tell me their thoughts on different iOS related things, and and I really enjoy hearing from our readers, and it's a really great way to know what they care about. And this, a uh, couple weeks ago, uh, which was, we record things ahead of time, so it was not a couple weeks ago, I asked what, what iOS things you would like to, see, our readers would like to see in the next iOS update, because at this point, we kind of know, you know, here's what iOS 12 does, here's what my new devices do, and I'm disappointed, <laughs> like, I wanted these other things. And I got an overwhelming response, like, everyone is clearly, like, really has some features they want. <laughs> really and, passionate. And they were really good ideas. I mm-hmm. hadn't thought of all of them. A lot of them yeah. were pretty obvious, but a lot of them were like, yeah, we should have that. And that hadn't occurred to me. And so I really wanted to share them because I thought they were great. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I saw got a lot was different options for organizing your photos. Yes. That like was being able one. to label your photos, um, just being able to... Yeah, just more options for like how your albums are organized and like uh, people don't like having all their photos in all photos. They want to kind of like you can delete a song from your music library, but it stays on your playlists. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of thing. They want a like lot more, more customization. Yeah, right, and and which makes a lot of sense. I mean, like albums sort of work, but it is kind of a pain. Like it, it'd be really great to be able to. What about like folders within albums? You know, like. There's a lot of things that people want for organizing their photos. and Labeling I was something I saw. People wanted to be able to label their photos, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it would be nice to be able to name your photos, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. Can I tell you something that I want with photos? Yes. I want the ability to have photos live in iCloud but not live in your phone. On this is something I've wanted yes. since, since Apple launched iCloud Photo and Library. Google has this, so I don't know why Apple can't, where if right now if you delete a photo from from your phone, it gets deleted across all of your devices. And, it's gone. And yeah. it's gone forever. But, like, we have very limited storage on our phones. Now, Apple tries to solve this by kind of optimizing for it, which is great. But I would like to be able to have kind of all of my photos from all time living in the uh, in the cloud and have only access some of them on my phone and manage that. 
Yeah, I know. That's one thing that really tips in favor of Google Photos because they allow you to, you can upload a bunch of your photos to Google's cloud and then just delete them off your device. Yeah. Which is so nice for storage concerns and all that. And it's so nice if other people in your life who you may want to share photos with don't have an iPhone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can actually share um, like a sort of iCloud shared album link with people who don't have iPhones. Yeah. But it doesn't really work that well. It's not that great, I don't think. Another photo-related one, someone, I I thought this was a good idea. I would like to see a search icon in the All Photos section from the Messages app. So when you want to add photos to your messages, if they added the search section right there in the Messages app so you could quickly find what you're looking for instead of as it is now, it's really only easy to add your most recently taken photos. Or if it's in an album. But I, I don't know about you guys, but I only put photos in albums for very specific purposes. Yeah, me too. I don't use albums probably as much as I could. Ooh, I have a really good one that I want. Ooh, let's hear it. Uh, so the Pixel, the Google, Google Pixel. Pixel, came out with this feature that people are raving about. And it's low light mode on their camera Mm. that apparently really, really improves the quality of low light photos. That Uh, would be awesome. And how, and Google is definitely pretty far ahead of Apple in in the field of computational photography. And so basically how it works is the, it's not that Google has a better camera than Apple. Uh, It's that Google, once you take the photo, has better AI that takes a low light photo and optimizes it to look good. Um, and so that's something that I find that Apple's low light photography is pretty bad. It is. It's like, yes, it it's really definitely not pixelated and really low quality. And then you turn on the flash, and I know they've worked on the flash and made it better, but flash photography just never looks good. Yeah. Um, and so I really want them to come out with a comparable feature to Google mm. in this regard. So um, one thing that I thought was really a good idea is um, – It seems to be a pretty common problem that people just lose their apps. I mean, you have so many, and if they're in folders, and you have all those home pages. Mm -hmm. And actually, if your home pages are full, then you can have apps on your phone that just won't show up on any of your home screens. But they're on your phone. Which is really annoying. And so... You know, people are always wanting to know, how do I find apps? Yeah, and, that's such a common <laughs> And so, you know, you can go to either the Today View, which is from the first home screen, you swipe right, and you can search there, or you can just swipe down from the middle of your home screen, and a search field will come up. And uh, someone wrote in and was like, they should not just show the app icon. They should show you the path to it. They should show you where it is, yeah. like what folder, like, and what home screen or, and basically anything you search, it should show you where it is on your phone, not mm-hmm. just like let you tap on it and go there, um, which is, yeah, you should. And related to this, one of the ways you can find an app, um, especially if you're trying to find it and delete it or whatever, is you can go to your iPhone storage in settings, in the settings app, I think it's in general, and you will have a list of all of the apps on your phone, but they are sorted by how much storage they are taking up. But, you know, it'd be great to be able to at least filter in different ways, like by, you know, alphabetically or by date added so you can find the a specific app because otherwise you have to swipe through all of them and if you have you know even more than like 20 apps that's really kind of a burden it's mm-hmm. like if you're trying to find an app so yeah i thought that was a great idea yeah i think so too i'd also like to see more robust 
search abilities because what mm-hmm. I what you have to search for for the app is you have to search for the name of the app, but sometimes it's not that intuitive or you can't remember I know, it. Yeah, like I have a Consumer Reports app that I like, but the name of the app is CR. And I never remember that. And so when I search Consumer Reports, it doesn't come up. And I actually literally just had this when I was preparing for the podcast because I wanted to pull up uh, my Google Doc. And I was thinking it was Google Sheets or Google Pages. Or then I remembered it was Doc. And, like, I couldn't find it by searching Google. But Google is the name of the developer in this case. You should be able to search for the name of the developer. You should have related keywords that it can pull up. Similar to when you search Google, it's not like you have to get it exactly right to find it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, Another reader wrote in that they wanted more powerful features for the iPad Pro. Uh, They say, I believe Pad OS is what is being bandied about. The hardware is awesome, but but wasted on with iPhone OS. I thought this was this ties in well to a conversation we had about whether you should buy the iPad Pro or not. Mm-hmm. Um, really, like the uh, iOS is pretty limiting for what's become a really powerful device that could like it could power a lot of what you'd want to do on a desktop device, but it doesn't have those capabilities. Mm-hmm. So I do think that there's it would be interesting if Apple created a separate operating system for the iPad. I mean, right now they have some iPad only features. I don't know. Uh, but I agree that like that that's an area that Apple could strengthen. I mean, this ties into uh, I'm going to plug my own article, the article that I wrote for the yeah. latest issue of the magazine. And I think is it online now? Can we link to it? Oh yes, I think so. Okay, so we'll link to it if you go to iPhoneLife.com/podcast. But I'm, I basically make the same argument that this person is arguing, which is that the you, Apple kind of promotes the iPad as a computer replacement, but iOS is not is too limiting to make it a computer replacement yeah what microsoft does and i hate to talk about microsoft as an example of doing good things but they have one operating system so on your uh on your tablet if you have a microsoft it's a surface right Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have Microsoft Surface, you can toggle between the kind of mobile view, which is their version of iOS, which apps and things like that, or the full uh, Windows, which in this case would be OS X, which would be the the Mac operating system. OS X. OS X. Is it OS X? Yeah. I always said OS X. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because they confuse everything. I've ranted about this so many times. Like, (laughs) you can't, like... You can't mix the different types of numerals. It's not cool, Apple. Yeah, I agree, clearly. Um, But anyway, uh, Apple has very pointedly said we are not going to merge our operating systems. I they, think it's the wrong decision. I think they should. I, I don't so think too. they're going to stick to it, though. I know. They they like they were very much like iPads are very different from computers. And then, I mean, like, yeah. that was not the case. The last iPad announcement, they were pretty much like, throw out your computer. We've got an iPad for you. Yeah, which is dumb because they don't have a computer they have an ipad yeah um i have a i have a product i'm hoping to get you ready for this sure. i love my home pod um but it's very expensive like i've already been complaining about um amazon has like echo dots and i really want like a home pod version of that because that was that'd be so cool i've gotten really used to talking to my home pod and i have I've made my home a pretty smart home, and, like, I want to be able to put, like, 
I don't want to spend three hundred and fifty no, bucks yeah, for every like, room in my house. As Sarah was saying, yeah. it's like that's not practical. Like being able to, most people can't afford to buy a bunch of home pods. Yeah. And we, and we talked about this at like at our CES podcast where Apple's really far behind Amazon on this front because Amazon has not only have the Amazon like Echo Dots, they also have opened up the Amazon platform, the Alexa platform, for other developers. And so now you have light switches that have Alexa built in. You have clocks that have Alexa built in. It's really easy to fill your home with Alexa-compatible things and build a smart home around Alexa in a way that really is not easy to do right Mm -hmm. now if you want to do it around HomeKit, around Siri and iOS. Uh, And Apple really needs to get on that because I actually think HomeKit is much nicer than Alexa's system, uh, and I'm very, obviously, I'm very iPhone and iOS-centric, but the Apple's really not doing me any favors here. I've got a different one. Go ahead. Um, I thought th- this is a really good one, dark mode for your iPhone and iPad, because uh, Mojave, the the latest Mac OS, has dark mode, and I've been really enjoying it. I think it's like a lot more relaxing on the mm. eyes, and so I think that would be nice. Right now, you can do like invert invert colors on your screen, which I hate. I don't know why. I mean, it's supposed to sort of be like night mode. Yeah, color. but I think they like if they just did a similar thing to what they have on Mojave, that would be really nice. That would be nice. I have to say, I haven't been. I, I haven't used dark mode that much on my computer. Really? I, like somehow I, I don't like it as much, but the time when I used it was when I was at a conference and I was in there taking notes and it felt like I didn't, I, I felt like a little bit, it had a little intrusive. more private privacy, a little less intrusive and it saved battery to do dark mode. I feel like on an iPhone, I actually would probably be more inclined to use it for those reasons because you're out and about a lot. Mm-hmm. Say you're like, I mean, I, I don't think you want to use it in a movie theater even if you have dark mode turned People on. People will still hate you. You'll still be that person. But I think there's a lot of times when you want to be, A, more discreet, yeah. have more privacy, and, and B, less intrusive of those around you where dark mode on a phone seems like it would be really useful. Well, some I, of my third-party apps have dark mode. Like day one has dark mode, and it mm-hmm. just, uh, on your phone, it will detect when it's nighttime and it'll switch to that and that'd be really nice to have for apple's built-in apps i think you know because even though everyone all the like sleep experts who pontificate at us are like don't have your devices in bed like realistically everyone has their device in bed Mm -hmm. like i know and but if you share your bed with someone it can be really inconsiderate to have this like screen like lighting up the room and if you could have a dark mode on your phone that would just make your probably your whole relationship better. <laughs> yeah. I have a small one, but I've been asking for it for years. I know we've gotten emails I'm in curious. the past what about it. Is? Having do not disturb be able to customize that by day. Cause on the weekends I want my do not disturb to turn on and off at different times and during the week. And the fact I that I have one setting for the for the entire week seems so silly. It's like, these are such powerful devices. Could you really not build that? I know. Apple added some extra do not disturb settings with iOS 12, but they didn't go that far. And it actually made me angry that they clearly had been thinking about it, but just didn't think about yeah. it that much. <laughs> yeah, they added some things with Control Center. Now you can do some location-based, like, turn on do not disturb until I leave this location, stuff like that. But... It's like a little limited, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I think a lot of this, what was interesting about reading a lot of these reader requests is that a lot of them are somewhat small things, but they would make a difference for people. Like someone's like, make the phone ring louder. You know, you can Ooh. turn up your ringer higher and lower, but it, you know, 
I think what they're saying is that they want the cap to be higher. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And uh, other people say... Did saying, you see uh, the one related to the ringer about they want an icon that indicates whether your ringer is on or off, which makes so much yes. sense. Yeah, that's actually the one I was just going to say, because I keep my phone on silent a lot, but it's hard to always keep track of. And like you mm-hmm. can see that, like the little red if on your notch on the side of the phone that shows that you have it on silent, but that's kind of hard to see, and it would be nice if you right. just set it right on your <laughs> The only time I ever look at that is when my phone starts ringing, and I'm like, why is it making that noise? I must have accidentally turned it off silence, because, yeah, yeah. I... It's such a pain to always be going back and forth that I've just given up and my phone doesn't talk to me anymore. It's just quiet. Totally. Right. I'm just scanning. Um, There's one multiple destinations and maps, like be able to set up a multiple places you want to stop. That seems like such an obvious one. Distance and like time for each one. Yeah. That was Lori Oliver. Great idea. Yeah. And that Google has that. And it's like I keep Google Maps on my phone for that exact reason. When I need to do multi stops, I'll switch to Google. Another thing, and Google and iPhone struggle at this. I know they have a little bit of functionality around it, but I haven't seen anybody do it well, which is searching for things along a route so if you're on a road trip and you want to like say find find a gas station you don't want the nearest gas station to where you currently are which may be way off your route you want a gas station that may be like two hours away but is on your route um, and I know they have some functionality for that but I've never found it to be very easy to use or work particularly well yeah because I don't necessarily want to be doing that while I'm driving you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I would probably want to figure out where I'm going to stop while I'm stopped. Yeah. Um, just because if you're alone in the car, uh, it that's a lot of like looking at your phone and sorting through different restaurants or gas stations when you should be actually looking at the road. Totally. Ooh, I have a cool one. Let's hear it. <laughs> I don't know why these are all bobbing my head right now. I would love to have the ability to transfer data via wireless, wirelessly, like via Qi. Because right now, I I mean, I guess with CarPlay, the newer CarPlays, you can do it via Bluetooth. But being able to kind of dock your phone and both charge and transfer data would be really cool. That'd be so cool. Yeah. That'd be great. A, a couple other ones that were cool is better battery life. I think that's one that's like Everyone universal. That, yeah. Af- if Apple can give that to us every time improvements, that'd be great. Um, deleting all emails at once. That's just like an endless. Everyone wants that. Well, and sometimes like for a while there was a bug where you could sort of at least delete a few hundred at a time, and then <laughs> Apple will update it and fix the bug, and then it doesn't work, and then we'll find a new workaround, some other approach to the bug. And like, but I don't know why they don't just give that to us. It's, you know, people want to just mm-hmm. delete all their emails. Yeah. I have another 5G, email. 5G, re- that was one pe- someone wrote in. Yeah, well, 5G, though, I mean, I feel like 5G is coming. And that's not necessarily always related to an iOS release. Yeah, it's more like Apple tends to be a little bit late in bringing these things out and wait for the carriers to have infrastructure, which I tend to support because it's like, who cares if, if you have 5G on your phone if there's like one tower in your area that has it and you're not usually near it sort of a thing. So yeah. I understand that. Uh, I have a really passionate plea for Apple hmm. for email. Better search functionality yes. for email. It's so bad. Really that is, is such a good point. And like Mac Mail such on my computer, point. the search functionality is great. It's so they clearly know how to do it. Yep. But like I'll search for something and it like will pull up keyword like some emails from t- 
2011, but not pull up the email I got yesterday with that exact same like phrase. It drives me crazy. It, it really yeah. drives me. You know, like you get whenever you order online, you get like order confirmation. Your thing has shipped. Yeah. Like, all these things. And so I don't necessarily. I'll just type in the name of the company I ordered from, like usually Amazon, and it will just be like. It won't just pull up like every email related to Amazon. It will just be like, here's some random Amazon emails you got three years ago, yeah. like asking you to rate a product. And yeah. it's like, like, no, I just want to. And then if you put in like order or shipment, it'll be like, I don't even know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's so bad. It's like embarrassing. It's really, I've gotten it's really to the point where at least with Amazon, because I have an account, I don't always do accounts with every place I order. I can I usually at this point just go to Amazon and like look at under my account for my orders and then like track things. Yeah. And I have the Gmail app and it works great. Like these are solved problems that other companies have solved. <laughs> yeah. So Apple get it together. Yeah. So that wraps up. We we included a lot of our requests for iOS 13 and thank you so much to our readers. Some of you may have submitted some of these for giving us ideas because a lot of these, they're ones that I want, but it's hard to always remember uh, all of the little grievances over time that you have with your operating yeah. system. And so if you have any that, oh, sorry, Sarah. Well, ahead. I just want to say thank you so much for responding to my question. Um, I can't really respond to every email I get uh, from the editor's messages, but you know, I read as many of them as I can, and I really love hearing from our readers. It really like helps me know how I can do a really good job you know, coming up with the next tip or whatever for you guys. So totally. And, and I would like to double down on this because I know a lot of you may be listening to this episode, but either didn't see the email or didn't reply. So let's make that our question of the week as well of what did we miss? What iOS 13 features are you excited about? And we will talk about that at our next episode. So send us an email at podcast at iphonelife.com and let us know. All right, so that is all we have time for today. Uh, we will, if you stick around for the extended version of the podcast, if you're an insider, we'll get into some of our complaints and learning this week. But for the rest of you, we'll say goodbye and we will see you next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone.